listening to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode five of season four, and this one's called Kickstarts and Reworks. I'm your host, Detached. Hey, guys, and I'm Victus. Well, guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for stopping by and joining us, and we hope you all are doing well wherever you guys are, and we hope you're feeling well. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe, share the show, and we hope you all enjoy this episode. In this episode, we're talking games from CSGO Rival, but Lauren just came out, or actually is in closed beta. Uh, the surprise announcement of Check Quest HD Remake. Next, we cover all we know about the soon-to-be-released uh, Dune film. And we wrap up this episode talking about the announced Cyberpunk Special Edition Xbox One X. A little bit of talk of home automation, and finally wrapping up with an exciting talk of SpaceX. But before we get to all that, we're going to talk about what we've been up to. What, say what? I'm excited about SpaceX. But uh, what have we been up to? Yeah. A, a little bit of Lotro. I've I finally hopped back into playing some MMOs, and um, Lotro kind of spoiled me. So I jumped back in and started playing around with all my characters again. <laughs> kind of fell for it. <laughs> You joined a new, uh, what is it, a, a kin? Uh, uh, yes. Um, so the kinship that I was part of, of course, you know, old. I think I joined it back in 2007, I believe. Was in it for years. Massive kin. There was, I think at one time, there was almost 600 people in it. Maybe more. Um, but it has since died out. I think there's maybe three people that are active in it. So I um, was just playing around and in world chat, saw Ken come across, started chatting with them, and uh, they're actually a really fun group. Um, the leader of the group is from Norway, so uh, he's pretty fun to talk with and uh, hard to understand, but fun to talk with. Sure. Any raids with him yet? We have not ventured into any raids. They're a fairly new kin, so the top-level raid, you've got to be fairly geared up for it. Now, we are talking about next month doing some lower-tier raids of some of the older materials. So we're trying to uh, put together a weekly run on Friday nights with some of our uh, babies and take some of our baby tunes through some of the old content just to get them leveled. Nice. How many? So, what expansion is Lotro on right now? So they just did Mordor when I quit last, and they are now on. Let me find the name of it because I don't remember what they were on. And for all those listening right now, what we're referencing because we've just used the acronym for it. Um, and if you haven't picked it up by the names, we're talking about Lord of the Rings Online game that I personally played for yes. a whole of 15 minutes. Um, but detached here is because he's the Lord of the Rings lore guy of our group. Yeah, I kind of like Lord of the Rings. Kinda a little, you know. bit. It's not like he writes a lot of blogs, and reads a lot of the books of them. Yeah, you know, if any of our listeners out there ever felt like they wanted to give us a gift, you know, you could just go out and grab some Tolkien stuff and you could mail that to. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but you can't check out his blog. Uh, 
which is that. Yeah, yeah, I've got quite a bit of stuff out there. I'm still trying to talk my uh, co-host here into doing a low a lore series. One day. One day. Um, so the latest expansion for Lord of the Rings Online is actually Minas Morgul. And uh, for all of you that uh, don't know what Minas Morgul is, it is basically where the Witch King was housed in the movie. So if you were at the movie and you saw where the Witch King was creating his army and marched out of the gate, that's Minas Morgul. Mm-hmm. That's the most recent expansion. That's the most recent expansion, yes. Okay, so they still got a little ways to go before they reach the end, per se. So... Uh, funny in Mordor, the the ring has already been destroyed. So this expansion is actually, if you're if you're thinking timeline of the movie, and for anybody that's watched the movies, when Frodo was in Mount Doom, and Gollum fell off the side and he melted, and you know the ring went into the fire. Basically, what happened in the book that's already happened in the game. So this expansion really kind of talks about going into the fourth age, the age of man. Um, it talks about um, Aragorn cleaning up the surrounding cities and the remaining evils that are still around as well. Yeah, I need, I need to go back and try to power through those books. So I, I tried to start the Hobbit and I was like, Oh, this old English. I have read The Hobbit probably a hundred times. <laughs> Sounds like when I read Halo books. Yeah. Which I'm actually yeah, reading I have, through right at this moment. Oh, wow. Yep. Rereading the, uh, you see there's the, I considered the trilogy. You have The Fall of Reach, it's called The Flood, and First Strike which takes place before Halo 1, during, and basically covers the entirety of Halo 1, and then covers the in-between of Halo 1 to Halo 2. Uh, but I have read wow. those books uh, untold amount of times. I just uh, thoroughly enjoy what takes place. And of course, I'm a huge Halo fan. Uh, and so feeling in that backstory of the creation of Master Chief, how, where he came from, which was the first book, how he got to where he was at the start of Halo 1. Uh, the Flood, which is the name of the book, covers the entirety of Halo 1, including all the details of the rest of the humans, of what they were doing, not just Master Chief. Uh, and then the first strike is how Master Chief got back to Earth, which is where we see him wow. when we pick up in Halo 2. Yeah, I've not I've not read any of the Halo books. So, oh, so I wouldn't um I'm sure they are. I love the stories in the game. Yep. Was that um then uh, what else have you been doing besides Lotra? Not a whole lot, honestly. <laughs> I've been restaining my back deck. <laughs> and oh my god, I just want to burn the entire thing down. I say every time I see you like when it pops up what game you're playing, it's like Lord of the Rings online. Lord of the Rings Online. <laughs> Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah, I oh, put a few hours Lord, into it. See, nope. Lord of the Rings Online. <laughs> I did play some Division 2 a couple of nights ago with the guys. Nice. Um, ran through a few of the missions. Yeah, they've... Division's done a good job of kind of cleaning some of the, the new stuff up. There's so many things to do in the game right now. 
it's honestly a little overwhelming if you haven't kept up with it. So sure. just kind Especially of like, you know, me yeah, through you that stuff. never played the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to hop into that. And once you start unlocking things, the map really opens up and there's just so many colors and things that show up on it. it it's honestly a little bit of information overload. You kind of look at it and like, Oh my God, what do I click on? <laughs> yeah. I can totally see that. But outside of that, Family time, hanging out, watching movies. Uh, we recently just watched a brand new show that came out in February. I want to say it was late February when it launched on Netflix. It was called Lock and Key. Um, you have to watch it because we have to do a review on this show. It was friggin' amazing. Which I guess apparently means I need to go watch it. <sighs> yes. Yes, you do. Right now. Right, okay. Well, uh, podcast over. Bye, guys. Watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it a movie or is it like a, a series? It's a series. Okay. Uh, ten season one has ten episodes in it. Okay. It has already been greenlit for season two. I believe they're in casting right now, or maybe even pre set up for all the recordings and stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So, hey, in the future, at an unforeseen date of time, we'll be doing a partial a review of Lock and Key. Lock and Key. That'll be part of our. Uh, films and TV section podcast. Yes, but we're not to that point yet. No, we're we're actually to game topics and news. So yeah. why don't we hop on over to that? Yeah. I mean, we can just get the stuff that like I was been playing or talking about that. I mean, that's cool and all. Oh, oh, you, I thought you were done already. No, no. I mean, I haven't even talked about it. Like how exciting <laughs> and awesome Assassin's Creed Odyssey is. And it's like my oh, game. Oh, I forgot you were playing that game. Yep. You put like 600 hours into the campaign. I 125 hours, um, which says a lot that I have put that much in a single player type game, single player story game. Yeah, that's rare. Uh, in a long time. But 125 hours, I finally beat the main campaign. Uh, one to two of the DLC. Or maybe a partial of the DLC because it kind of they're kind of interwoven, so you can't help it. Is that just campaign playthrough, or is that also all your squirrel mode going and finding everything? So there was a lot of completionists where I would hit an area and I would you know scout out the entire area, complete every node in that area. So yeah, there was a lot of I would consider grinding to level out. But honestly, by doing that, I was. well, I also have an, a thing turned on where it, it constantly scales unit to roughly my level. So it keeps the difficulty there. Right. So everything across the area is now my difficulty now. But also it. So it, it, scale of. Say what? Scale of one to ten. Scale of one to ten. How was the game? Uh, nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, let me let me ask this. Scale of one to ten. If you put odyssey and origins up against it oh nine like it's i i enjoyed it much wow. more than maybe it's because i chose and this is actually canon that cassandra is the um antagonist right mm. antagonist being the okay. good guy usually right yeah right, right right protagonist um it is canon that she is the antagonist and i chose her to play um so I enjoyed playing as the female character in all that um, and how they wrote out all the story to it. 
it felt I kept thinking throughout of throughout it that what if it was the opposite? What if it was the male character as the antagonist? I was like, it just didn't fit right in, in my mind and, and how the story flowed out and some of the reactions you could give. But uh, with that story was fantastic. Uh, I plan to go back and finish the DLC for it. Some of the, the one DLC I did complete completely changed my understanding of AC lore. Um, but yeah, really? Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Wow. Any spoilers or little hints or anything for the next game? Uh, possibly depends on how they play into what we know is to be Vikings, the Viking era. Um, right. The Ragnarok or whatever yeah, they're going to call it. Whatever that means. So we'll see uh, how they can continue on with the story from that point. This is very much like we thought origins was the origin, uh, you know, of it. No, it wasn't. This is, this is the beginning of even the talk of setting up a, uh, thing like origins. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm only, uh, maybe five hours into that game and I, I just had too much other stuff going on. So I wasn't able to finish it. I guess I need to go back and play it. Yeah. Highly recommend it to all those out there that, uh, if you are hardcore about the, what you have in AC, uh, two, three and four in the kind of mechanics that we saw out there and just the continued focus on assassins, you, I will say you may not like Odyssey. Because they do evolve on the gameplay, the storytelling, the involvement of the assassins, of what you're doing, of who you are, how that all connects. So I will leave that caveat. But if you are okay with that, you will thoroughly enjoy the game. That's really cool. Yeah, that's what I've been playing, basically. And some Satisfactory, which is if any of you have played Factorio which is a factory building game, uh, top down, um, kind of pixelated, uh, pixel top down factory builder. This one is a, uh, HD first person, uh, realistic graphics, uh, factory builder. So, uh, still playing through it. It's, it's got, you realize why a factory builder needs to be top down because of some of the stuff you're getting into, but it can be a lot of fun. Now is that one pre-release? Is it already out, or is it in? Technically, beta? it's still in um, early early access. Actually, no, ag- okay. not technically. It is early access as part of the Epic Store. Uh, but there's a lot to it. I mean, they constantly release updates to it, big updates as well. So, I, I can't cool. say if uh, I would recommend it for those that enjoy factory builders. I'm still getting through it. Um, but I, I've been enjoying myself with the game. Nice. But now can we, can we, we can can talk talk about our gaming topics? We can talk about our gaming topic. Yes. Jeez. It's not all about you. (laughs) 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 Yes. Gaming topics. Uh, I think this game kind of took a Twitch by storm. Pretty much every big streamer out there is playing this game right now. And, uh, I think Riot kind of did it right. Made a lot of other people mad, but I think uh, they wanted the exposure. And that game is called Valorant. Or Valorant, however they're pronouncing it. 
Valor. I think I've said it Valorant a lot. I was sitting there saying that to myself, so I don't know which one it is. But yes, the Riot basically, uh, you say for what it is, a CSGO clone. Um, right. Uh, you know, as we've seen all the since uh, fact, um, Fortnite came out, you now have multitudes of battle royales out there. Overwatch. Overwatch. Hero shooters. Yep. Which it's it's been interesting that there hasn't been a type of CSGO um, rival to this point. CSGO has just constantly been there at the top of the streaming charts. It's, you know, it's people go competitive with it. Uh, the, you know, fantastic CSGO players out there. Um, I'm looking at Twitch right now. Yeah, Galls Blue. Um, many of those up there are, are big CSGO players, talented CSGO players. I, I've been surprised right. it's been this long that we haven't seen a CSGO uh, clone slash rival appear um, up till now. But r- what Riot has done is uh, very well done. Not surprising. The game is very impressive looking. Yep. Looks good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does look really good. Riot is very well known. I mean, we're talking League of Legends, so it's not uh, not like they don't know how to make a good game. They uh, they know what they're doing. But yeah, Valorant looks really good, and it's funny watching some of these streamers play it. It it doesn't look it doesn't look like a Overwatch. It doesn't look like Fortnite. It kind of has its own artistic flair, which I really kind of like. Yeah. And, uh, man, the viewers that these people are getting, I was watching, uh, a couple of the big ones and some of these guys were pushing over a hundred thousand viewers while they were playing this game. Right. And it is, you know, it's huge for all those that are getting in, um, for one, they were already had the numbers spring in. And so they're staying up there at the top, um, and playing yeah. Lauren, but also, uh, because it's closed beta, the way to get into it is not just waiting on an invite to happen. <laughs> Is you right. have to watch the streams, which is smart. Yep. Uh, so there's, I mean, they're so pulling the numbers right. because people are wanting to get their beta codes because it's you link yeah. your Twitch account to Riot and you basically just have to sit there in streams and <laughs> wait for a message to pop up. Oh, here is your code. Yeah. So Riot basically made a monopoly of how to get a beta code. Uh. Yep. Which is funny. Uh, And it's interesting because you can download the beta right now and install it. You can sign up, you can do all the things, but if you launch the game and get into it, it comes up with a little uh, message that says you don't have permission. If you feel like this is an error, please contact your Riot Games customer support. (laughs) It's funny. I didn't even get that far. I'm currently having a difficulty with having two Riot accounts at the moment, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, be interesting to see if we go forward with how Riot did with that beta access. Um, I mean, say what you want about that practice to the raffle or the the randomness, the lottery is what they're calling it about waiting there yeah. to get the codes. Uh, it is greatly helping the streamers out there uh, because oh, they're pulling time. in huge numbers across the board. Yeah, pulling in. Pulling in big numbers, and I think uh, tons of exposure for the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 
the beta only launched like a week ago, maybe April 5th, 6th, something like that. April 7th. Yeah. Uh, It's supposed to be released this summer, 2020. They haven't actually set a date yet, but it's supposed to be this summer. Yep. Um, And and so far, I mean, it looks they're already lining up uh, uh, Valorant's tournaments, which is not surprising once you see a big game like that come out that has the criteria to be able to meet, uh, be an eSports type game. Uh, some third parties will I'm gonna start sign, uh, standing up uh, those tournaments, but it won't be long before Riot has their own. Um, oh, for sure. To, to also promote the game, because League of Legends has it. Is massive. And I'd be curious to, to see if, you know, we, we talk about it from on and off. You, ha- you have your kings of the streaming content that's just constantly set up there about the amount of numbers they bring in. You had Fortnite. We still have Fortnite, League of Legends, um, CSGO, and we're just referencing the multiplayers right now. Uh, Dota up there. But uh, Valorant, yes, it is new, but it has been sitting there at the top for quite a while. Uh, we'll see once, once the beta closes and maybe once we actually get to release a game through that, will it hold out above CSGO? Will it bring in numbers money-wise to people to possibly get uh, you know, sponsorships on the teams like they already have for CSGO? Yeah, curious. Um, the thing that really kind of attracted me the most for the game was just the artistic style of the game. Oh, yeah. It, it really is a pretty looking game. Yeah. Very good artwork was done for so, that game. Yeah. And that's been I mean, just that over from, I mean, that's been the lure of like Fortnite's and all those because they're moving away from the almost the realistic sort of graphics of CSGO, but CSGO right. uh, for some parts shows its age. Um, oh, big time. Yeah. Compared to what we see with, with Lauren, because they chose that different artistic style, they're able to keep it modern and fresh with that. Um, but I think it will. I think it will hold out for quite a while above everybody else. And it may, I'm not going to say it's going to be the killer of CSGO, but there's going to be a lot of numbers pulled away already pulled away from CSGO. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they'll do good. And I just realized we've been referencing the acronym for it, but uh, what we keep, when we say CSGO, we mention <laughs> global strike, uh, kind of counter-strike, counter-strike, global offensive, global offensive. Yep. Yeah. Which I absolutely hate. <laughs> I never enjoyed that game. Yeah, well, I never enjoyed well, the Counter-Strike game. That's going to be Valorant for you. I mean, it's the snapshot, one shot and you're dead type of gameplay. Um, I'm, yep. I'm interested to get into it. I never played Counter-Strike, but it's new, yes. Um, but like when I played Halo, I would always dominate as SWAT. The quick snap Same. trigger, headshot, yep. kills. Um, but I didn't do well at those at sustained fight when you didn't have, you know, when you actually had shields on and had those where you do have some health to go about. So, uh, yeah, 
maybe one of these days and I'll this, get a banana. This game is definitely not Halo. <laughs> it's definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, next up cool. is one that kind of just uh, one of those game remakes that's nobody really asked for that I know of as being a person that no, played no, no, the this original wasn't on the radar. from the cereal box. I may even have still have the disc somewhere. I actually still have the disc somewhere, <laughs> but it is at my mom's house in one of my old floppy disk box boxes. <laughs> the three, the th- it came on a three and a quarter. Did it really? It came on a three and a quarter back in the day. Yeah. The one I got was actually a CD ROM, uh, inside a, an inside a, a CD case. Uh, it still had the, the game art on the case itself. Um, that's awesome. And I played the rap out of that game so much. Cause it was like the first, Oh, it was the good. First, first person shooter that I had been, um, you know, actually ever played on the PC. And that was the only thing my computer could run at the time. Cause I had a, <laughs> you know, a Walmart bought windows 98 PC at the time, you know, the one you just go in and buy. Ooh. The you said Windows ninety eight, yeah, gross, gross. Hey, but those <laughs> things are fun to select and play around with. They customized oh, everything. Yeah, so you might be, if you're listening to this, might be wondering what we're even talking about. And that was the old school game called Chex Quest yeah. HD. Yeah, and uh, that was a real game that actually came out of the old school serial checks mm-hmm. they legitimately so, made a doom clone and put the game did. inside their cereal boxes it was it was one of the most brilliant ideas for pushing a well basically it was to push a non-violent version of doom they were trying to counteract the violence that doom was creating yep and that's the whole idea is you don't actually shoot bullets or energy weapons or kill any of the enemies in the game you have, uh, you start out as Chexman. I think that's his name. Yeah, it was Chexman. Chexman. Where you run around with your, uh, what's the name of the weapon? I had it in my, it was on the tip of my tongue. You fight. Wasn't it? I thought it was a spoon. We have a spoon, then you have different weapons, but they're under a class weapon. Anyway, you fight Flamoids. Basically aliens from another galaxy, another universe. Zorchers. That's the name of the weapons across the board. You use Zorchers to not kill them, but to just send them back, to teleport them back. Um, And all throughout these, uh, what I remember is five or six levels, plays out just like a Doom game, where you have corridors, levels to it, power-ups, health, armor, ammo for your weapons, or charge. Uh, You have uh, keys, colored keys that you have to find to unlock the doors to progress the level. And uh, all throughout it, you're, you know, getting chased down by uh, flamboids. Uh, (laughs) And I think the game that I had, maybe it was just because I had the trial or what, but it would always end when I rescued a whole bunch of the checksmen that were captured. Right. But. uh, Yeah. I have to honestly say this right here. If any of our nerds out there are 
to the level of nerdism we're talking about right now. And you have actually played this original game back from the 90s. You have to shoot us a, 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 a tweet or something. Email us. Drop a comment over on iTunes. Let us know that you have played this game somehow. And you have any idea what we're talking about. Because <laughs> this is on another level. <laughs> this, is, this is because what is happening right now is that they have announced a Chex Quest HD remake of the game hitting steam for free. Um, let's see who is running it. Uh, Uh, it's from a fan. Yeah. I don't know if they have run games. Yes. Limited run. That was it. That's who, who's doing the HD remake. And on top of that, they are coming out with a physical copy, uh, a physical edition of the game, which is called a, Checks Checks Warrior Edition, and this pack, which is ridiculous, is loaded with nostalgia. It is just ridiculous for all those that have played the original game. You would know every aspect of this game. So, go ahead. The coolest thing out of that special edition that you can get is the original three and a half inch floppy disk that they made it on. That I've got at the house somewhere. I actually probably need to call my mom and go, Hey, do not throw this away. <laughs> <laughs> they took a it's, floppy disk and turned it into a flash drive. Yeah. It's a USB drive. It looks like a floppy disk now. Oh, that is fantastic. So, but this special edition, they said is going to be upwards of 149.99. Yep. But it's got all kinds of crazy stuff in it. T-shirts and all kinds of memorabilia. The Zor- I guess it's supposed to have a replica of the Zorcher gun that's full size. It's very cool. You can s- yep. I'm very excited about this. Yep. You guys can go check it out right now. Um, according to this picture I'm looking at, it says April 17, 2020. But I don't see... Let's see how that's actually correct. I don't know that there's actually a launch date. Let's see here. Is it? I don't think there's a launch date yet. I'm checking. There was a trailer that came out last week. Shit. HD free. Is it labeled as free? Uh, So the last thing I saw was supposed to be coming out this summer. Yep. So that's probably when the physical copy will hit. Um, But they got a trailer for it. It's even adding a multiplayer aspect to it. Um. And it just looks so good. Uh, the HD remaster. Um, and uh, props to them. They're releasing it as free. So. Yeah. Well, and what a nostalgic memory trip. You know, a lot of people I know back from our, our genre and, and, and time frame, uh, they've, they've probably already jumped on the bandwagon. I mean, oh yeah, they probably got a massive support already on the backside of this thing. I do wonder if they had a Kickstarter hiding out there that that supported it or they just funded it. Oh, I'm sure they did. But or they may have just had a massive group of people, a bunch of friends got together and then they started spreading the word and uh, maybe that's how it started. I don't yeah, know. Maybe they're just like, cool you know to find out. We're going to do this just for the heck of it. Because people yeah, 20, 20 old friends are like, "Hey, you remember that uh checks cereal box or is that game in there?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, um I, I will be downloading it just to see what they've done with the game. I'm curious how they're going to include multiplayer. Like, what does that mean? But, uh, yeah, that was, that was a nice little, like, whoa, somebody's doing this. I came yeah. across it randomly. Yeah, Somebody that was cool. sent the picture of it. So 
had to talk about it. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, next up is a uh, fun little find. Uh, it's a game that I've been following for quite some time now. Uh, I believe the idea for this game started back in 17 or 18. And the name of the game is called Forsaken Castle. Uh, it's a little indie game that is being designed by a group called Duck Block Games. Uh, it's a development company down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, it's a couple of brothers that just love making games, and this is their kind of first full-blown attempt. They've got a Kickstarter going, and uh, I've gotten to play the pre-alpha of the game. It looks great. It is fun. The soundtrack is freaking phenomenal. So all of you old-school 16-bit Sega style, Nintendo style game fans, you would love this. Uh, it kind of has a Castlevania mix to it. I would say it looks it's very little, along the. I mean, it's it's a Metroidvania game. Yes, Metroidvania. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, kind of a action based uh, platformer. It's very cool. I wonder. Regarding all these, I mean, the, the graphic art style and all that, uh, I wonder what they'll have that differentiates it from other Metroidvania type games. Um, I do hope it has that, uh, just, just from looking, you know, it's got the platforming in it, which is really good. Um, puzzle solving. I hope it has that in there. Uh, weapon upgrading, all that stuff. What little bit I've played so far, I played it for a couple of hours, uh, a couple of days ago, actually. Um, the the game is pretty fast-paced, or you can make it fast-paced anyways. Um, they've done a great job, like I said, with the style and just the, uh, the artistic creation of it. Of course, most indie games nowadays have that kind of 16-bit pixelated style to them. Right. Just updated, and they, you know, they look more artistic now. Right. But uh, from the game, they've done a good job with battle mechanics. There is a trait tree. You can upgrade your character. You can get better weapons, potions, healing. Um, I want to say the alpha is about an hour and a half. I think total, the, they said the, the game right now is about six hours, including story. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Yeah, there's they're still in development. I mean, sure. they're, they're still making things and and doing stuff with it. So, um, right now, I think the platforms is going to be coming out on or Windows. Um, they have talked about if they get enough financial support and enough backing, they have contacts with Xbox and Nintendo Switch to be able to release it on there as well. But they've got to have the financials to be able to do it. Okay. I was about to say, just looking at their Kickstarter page, um, which the Kickstarter is closed according to the page, but they have the logos for Windows, Apple, Linux, Switch, Xbox One, or Nintendo, Microsoft, Xbox One, and Sony PlayStation 4. So, yeah, uh, I do wonder if they were able to secure those. I don't know. I, I've, been, I've been trying to find some of their developer updates. They, they just put one out a few days ago. But it was just some fixes that they were doing. I didn't see anything specifically about an actual release date for the game. 
Uh, if you look at their Kickstarter, if you backed them um, and gave them financial help, they had a massive tier list of different things, everything from $5 um, all the way up to the top tier. I believe it was five grand. Um, and if you donated five grand, the ridiculous amount of stuff that they said you were getting was just crazy. Along with uh, giving you executive producer rights in the game. Uh, and actually name and credits. Wow. To, right. Crazy. So uh, it shows release date of October, 2017, but you know, that's long past. And the developer updates that I've seen on it is they're still working through fixes and making stuff ready. And, but they do have a live uh, pre-alpha that you can actually download. You can go to their Kickstarter page and download it right from there and actually try it yourself. Um, I'll make sure that those links are uh, in the show notes and the uh, you guys can download it. Check it out. See what you think. It looks really and, and super, super awesome. Because it's three dudes. You have one is the art and design. One is the programming and one is the composer. And that is yeah. the team for their game. And it's three people at worst. You know, let's say the, the game doesn't do as well as they hope. It gets them exposure of the kind of game that they can work on and, and get better at. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, for a team of three people, I think what they've put together is, is pretty phenomenal. Like I said, the, the soundtrack in the game is so good. Um, they've actually got a sample of it out there on their Kickstarter page through SoundCloud. The composer put some stuff out there, and he just does a phenomenal job. Uh, very retro classic with uh, the old school games back in the day, like Metroid, uh, Castlevania, Sonic the Hedgehog. You had those kind of catchy tunes that you heard, and they kind of conglomerated and made their own sound, but they kind of kept it classic as well. It's very nice. Very cool. Well... And it does actually release. I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on for it, as I know you will be, too. Oh, for sure. I've been watching these guys for, for just a little over a year now. I don't even remember where I found them originally. I think it was on YouTube through uh, a channel. They were talking about indie games that were coming out. I think it was one of the ones listed. So I've been kind of watching these guys for about a year and just kind of watching some of their updates. Um, their pre-alpha just released not too long ago, maybe... Maybe six months ago, I think. So. Yeah, good stuff. I'll definitely be watching for this one. Well, now we get into uh, our film and TV topics with the oh. one that <laughs> Detach is super excited about. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, the story of Dune. I know it's one of the inspirations the the books of Dune uh, to George Lucas himself and what he did with Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, the story and what, what came across there. So you could say it's kind of the father of modern sci-fi of, of what we had for sci-fi right now. Um, and they're basically rebooting it. Uh, well, yeah, this, this is kind of a reboot for sure. Yep. So I'll, I'll let you yeah. take off with a description. Well, yeah, I was actually going to start with the books. Um, okay. uh, 
I know we, so about three episodes ago, if I remember right, when we first heard that Dune was kind of being talked about, uh, we actually talked about a tabletop of Dune. So there is a uh, tabletop game coming out of Dune, and there is um, this whole remake of Dune 2020 coming in, in December. So way back in the day, um, there was a author named Frank Herbert. He wrote a book called Dune back in 1965. And yes, it is one of those kind of science fiction fantasy books that is a staple of reading. If you are one of those science fiction guys and just love that era and genre, this is one of those books that you just have on your shelf. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you anybody that listens to this show that says they love sci-fi or fantasy, they have read this book and it's probably on their shelf. Mine is. <laughs> it's not on mine. You, have you even seen the movie? What movie? Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to what we were talking about. Um, just a few days ago, Warner Brothers actually released some first look photos of uh, them being on set and, and filming. Uh, I believe they are filming in Bangladesh and Dubai. And even Jordan, if I remember right. So very Eastern country, probably a lot of mountains and of course sand. If you know anything about Dune and have read anything, there are massive areas of sand inside that uh, story. So I'm, I'm excited. The pictures look freaking phenomenal. Um, just the kind of the rework and, if you know anything about the original movie that was made back in the eighties, 81, 82, I think um, it was kind of a disaster when it comes to a successful movie it really wasn't all that successful, but it's got a massive cult following. So if you take what they did back then and then you add in all of the nostalgia from the original series and the novel that was written, there were some shows that were recreated back in 99 and 2000. So Dune has tried to be reworked multiple times and it's kind of failed every single time. Um, especially from a film and TV standpoint. So I'm really hoping that this one is done correct and uh, they stick to the book because the book is amazing. And those pictures look good. So, and we're getting some really good actors too. I was about to say, they got some pretty, um, pretty powerful actors signed up for this one. Yeah, yeah, they got some big names. Yeah, big names. Jason Moa, uh, Josh Berlin. So those are just a couple of the big hitters that they, I know they have been brought in. Yep. But at all, I mean, they can only do so much with the big actors as long as the story follows along and the directing also follows. Yes. We've already seen a couple movies. Uh, this year, I think that had fantastic actors uh, from either voice acting or just uh, acting themselves. And they can only do so much when it's either a uh, not well-written story and or bad directing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it has to be cumulative together. So as long as they're, uh, as long as they're all in step with one another and I don't know, I think if, 
if they are to take the story that we used to know from the original novel and turn it into something visual that we can stick to and, and they, and they write that story, right. I think they'll do a good job. Um, when they made the eighties movie, they just didn't have the technology to make things big enough, uh, for really what that book did back in the day in the sixties. Um, but like I said, Dune has been tried to be remade quite a few times. Uh, there was a couple of science fiction magazines. There was the analog science fiction and fact, which was released back in 1963 and then 1965. And then uh, Dune since then has had five sequels, which is ridiculous. Wow. There has been Dune Messiah, the children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, the heretics of Dune, and the chapter house Dune. So they have tried to build on this story to make something great out of it. And it really is. It is a massive, good science fiction series. It just has to be done right visually. Sure. To the props of the director, though, um, see the ones that probably people would recognize the most uh, in this list of directed films has been Arrival. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. He actually directed that one. Which was an amazing film. I love that one. Did you ever watch Blade Runner? I did not. I didn't, did not get around to watching it. Um, but that is good to hear that uh, enjoyed the movie. I think it did pretty good in movie theaters when it came out. Yeah, Blade, Blade Runner did well. I don't remember hearing too many negatives about it. Uh, so that that's good. And, you know, he's already got his basically feet wet in regard to sci-fi. Looks like I'm looking at some other of his movies. Uh, Blade Runner being the only one of that category. But then Dune is on its own level. So. Yeah, for sure. This is one that's so, going to from those that uh, know Dune, know the backstory, known, know how much the books have influenced our modern day sci-fi storytelling. Um, oh, huge. He's, he does got a huge weight on his shoulders to be able to deliver. Uh, it's actually scheduled for December 18th. I believe that's been pushed out, uh, from its original date back in November. So they didn't say why, but Hey, if you got to push it out to make it great, then do it. Yep. Don't rush this thing. Um, along with the movie that's coming out in December, they are also doing a um, HBO companion series that's going to be called Dune the Sisterhood. And HBO hasn't really announced an official release date, but they have said, hey, we want to target this for spring of 2020. So I don't know what that's going to look like. We actually don't have HBO, and I don't know how it's going to play along with the movie. If it's supposed to, it, they says it says it's in a companion so I don't know how companion-y you, that will really be if the movie comes out in December. Usually in my mind that it has to be with a side story that doesn't spoil anything about the main plot lines of the, of the film, but right. helps build it up in my understanding of, of a companion series. 
Well, and I mean, HBO puts together really nice quality stuff. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. Yep. Massive production. Well done. HBO is known for putting together good quality shows. Um, top level acting. Now they've also got some crap shows out there as well. But for the most part, their fantasy and sci-fi stuff that they do is pretty top notch. So sometime this year, we could see both of them come out. With uh, Super excited. Scheduled December 18th. I hope it uh, is able to get so, a movie re- uh, theater release. Excuse me. Before December, your goal is to go find the original book of Dune and read it. There's just, I, I went out to look for them. There's like several books, or, but there's just the original book of Dune, right? Yeah. Okay. I will even mail you my copy just so you can read it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> see if I can get it on my, uh, my now addicted e-reader that I have here. If anything, just look up the original movie that was made back in the 80s Ooh. and watch it no matter how that just much makes you cringe. it pains you. Like even talking. How much about- it pains you. <laughs> I, I, you got to see the sandworms. Yeah. I mean, how bad they are in that, that time. You know, surprisingly, they, they, they actually did a pretty good job comparatively because, I mean, if you think a sandworm and... Uh, science fiction films these things are not small they're very very large Mm -hmm. and uh you can definitely tell that there was some screen works and some lighting going on because you can see some flashes and stuff um you know the technology that was used back in that day to make certain things look scalable and larger or moving uh if you think about what uh Star Wars did with like TIE fighters flying through space and certain things blowing up. It was all scaled models and there were mirrors and and specific sets of lighting and different things. And, and, and that's how Dune kind of made these things. But, uh, you know, it was cheesy, but well worth a watch. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'll go read the books. Yes, you need to. So do it now. Do it now. Okay. Well, and read a book. Do it now. Just got the rest of the podcast now as I uh, go read. I'm definitely reading Dune right now and not continuing reading my Halo books at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, see. Okay. Uh, On to our tech section. The tech that uh, we're, we're actually uh, this item. Um, I don't need. But I really want because I keep watching the video for it. I don't and need it. Just it. looks better and but I do want it better every time of what they've done with it. Uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, is releasing and partnering with Microsoft to release an Xbox One X special edition. Which normally when we talk, you know, when people mention special editions, it's uh, they're like stickers applied. It's not a whole lot of difference, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. In some in some instances, have been phenomenal phenomenal uh remakes and and they're like basically collector's editions uh uh, of the quality they've done and this one is following along with that where they're having custom panels added to it custom leds added to the xbox with your uh as well matching 2077 controller and this thing just looks so good 
for those yeah, they, especially excited for the from game. The pitchers. Yeah, from the pictures I've seen of it, it looks really good. I mean, it just matches uh, the theme perfectly. This, it has to, but yeah. I just, right. Well, and this is definitely a game that both of us, I think, got excited about when we saw it at E3 last year. Yep. Um, this is definitely a pre-order for me anyways. Oh, for sure. The game itself, it 100% is a pre-order uh, because it is coming from the developers and creators of Witcher games yeah um so the quality is there of how to tell a story how to bring in a world and open world that is now it's completely different how you tell that story in a cyberpunk era uh, of what is happening with cyberpunk 2077 um but just this hardware alone it looks so cool or being a console yeah, that looks be great. sitting on your desk or sitting on your shelf whatever it may be like, I almost want to buy it and just have yeah. the package sit there unopened because I just wouldn't <laughs> yeah. want to touch it. Make it, make it, make it decor. Make it, make it decor. Absolutely. Be that, uh, be that thing that yeah. come in and go, whoa, you have one of those? I do. I, do, I know, in right? Fact. Well, in the cool, so when I found that link on this whole thing, uh, was looking just a little bit farther yesterday and, uh, maybe three days ago, four days ago, whenever this whole thing came out, I was reading an article where uh, Microsoft talks about, it was on their Twitter page and it was actually on the Microsoft Xbox homepage. Apparently a few days ago, uh, a user had gotten onto the homepage and this graphical interface had come over the screen and it had a similar look as to what cyberpunk 2077 had as far as their fonts and things that we saw at E3 back in 2019, the user thought something had actually happened and something was wrong with the homepage. (laughs) Um, And I don't remember the text that came up, but Microsoft actually put something on their Twitter page saying that um, our servers have been, um, uh, somebody has tried to hack our servers And there was a little string of text that came out. Uh, There was like five or six different lines. And at the bottom of it, it had, you know, some fancy text, uh, something dot, whatever the name of this server was. And the end of it was green. Uh, The text was highlighted in green and it said confirmed. That's all the text said. Um, But in the game, Apparently, this server is tied to the largest security and tech firm inside Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, nice. So the name of this company is apparently a server that Microsoft had, and they said it got hacked. Um, And I guess Keanu Reeves, when he got introduced to the game back in 2019, mentioned something about this company's name. So now the community is thinking that there is some type of big interior code that they've got to figure out because there's a text string that came with this. So they think it's going to be some type of inside game that comes out for when this thing releases. It's pretty cool. Knowing the creators, I absolutely believe it's going to be something huge. It's going to be something that uh, is definite payout for it. Um, Whether you believe it's the, uh, you know, the hype that, Cyberpunk's going to live up to a lot of people say no. I, I tend to agree, but this company or and or companies like this that bring in that um, bring in that uh, kind of tease 
they, they delay the puzzles out here to breadcrumb you to the way to their game um, is really cool. And I can't wait to see what that actually involves into with that puzzle. Not saying confirmed, but it makes sense for them to do something like that. So that's really cool. But yeah, I was seeing if I could find this. Uh, I was seeing if I could find this name real quick. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Uh, let's see. Nah, I can't find it. Anyways, I saw it. Uh, I saw it yesterday. It was funny because uh, the the Xbox homepage, the user was saying when they went on the the screen started kind of having this. Uh, like static interference to it. And then this whole interface pulled up and it started running uh, like background GUI commands. So it had a basically had a DOS prompt and it looked like somebody was typing something in and it was running this prompt back in the background. And then there was some type of error that came up, like somebody found what they were doing and then the whole screen kind of blacked out and went back to its homepage. Interesting. And we haven't but seen anything else it. besides it, besides just that one page and that text string. Just that text string and what was released out on Twitter. I got to see if I can find it on Twitter real quick. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to read the description that we have here for the console, which just attests to the quality that's going to happen with this, uh, with the special edition. Uh, it includes custom paneling and a cyberpunk stylized paint job, glow in the dark graffiti, an LED light, laser etching, and uh, it currently has labeled a June 2020 release. But uh, besides that, um, we'll see if they hold it to it, especially with everything going on in the world right now. Probably will get pushed back closer to the actual planned release of Cyberpunk 2077 on September 17th. Okay, so I found it. Okay. I was hoping uh, I did enough talking to X- fill the gap here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it says Xbox site hacked. Uh, it says, first up, the official Xbox website appears to have been hacked. Upon visiting, the user encountered a brief dynamic overlay, code flying across the screen, warning messages flashing, and something called Rezo Og Link installs before displaying a message reading return in four days. So pretty interesting. Uh, It says the user name in the top right also switches to an account called Timmy Tom, which is a supporting cartoon avatar of a slice of toast. And he says, whatever that means, I have no idea, but uh, it says the style and the font are very reminiscent and similar to the themed marketing seen back when cyberpunk 2077 was presented at E3 2019 and notably used when Keanu Reeves was unveiled as the character Johnny Silverhand. Uh, he says alongside this Xbox Twitter account was published and along with it, um, Xbox posted uh, a picture and I'll drop these in the links when we when we post this, uh, so you guys can go out and look at this. It's very it's very interesting. So this is from the Xbox Twitter account, and it just has a text string 
with a hashtag mark that says break the code. Um, it says meta property OG type content equals one under, underscore three clue with a backslash. And then it's got a text string and it says ARA Corp and it says a server name and it runs a few strings and it says failed. But the last one actually runs and says it's confirmed. Apparently the Xbox Twitter account dropped a quick little, it's like a four second video. Um, it says it's a short loop and it showcases a failed attempt to access some form of a server linked to Arasaka. So whatever that means, I'm not sure, but somebody says the um, Arasaka is a URL produces a web page requesting a username. Uh, despite my best efforts, I wasn't able to advance further, but we may be looking at an element of a cyberpunk to the 2077 alternate reality game. And this is not uncommon for big companies like this to do stuff. Um, Bungie, if you guys know, is one of the biggest at making games like this. Uh, we've we've seen plenty of times where the community has had to band together to figure out strings of code and different little puzzles that are real world that fix or find something inside their game. So. It's going to have to be something that they are going to give us another breadcrumb to piece it together. Unless it has to be something. Yeah. I will not be surprised if we start seeing more breadcrumbs appear from uh, Twitter or that webpage actually goes somewhere. Um, yeah. So uh, that'll be really so the, cool. The last, the last thing that's listed on this page, it says that Arasaka features in cyberpunk 2077 is a mega corporation with a hand in corporate security, banking and manufacturing playing a significant role in the world building of the game. And there's a period and that's the end of the text string. Mm. Pretty crazy. It is. Oh, wait a minute. There's one last thing. Oh, uh, it says deeper. earlier today, the same account tweeted a repurposed version of the infamous Pulp Fiction John Travolta gif with Where's Johnny bound to the background. So it's from the Cyberpunk 2077 game Twitter account. And in the background is a Cyberpunk themed background. And it says Where's Johnny with John Travolta in the front, kind of holding his suit, looking around. Like, hey, where am I at? And that's it. All right. I'm going to go on the on thing that this isn't going to be any type of game we play. It's going to be 100% the backstory of Johnny leading up to where we interact with him in 2077. I'm going to put my mind on that. It's got to be something. Got to be something. Yep. So we'll see. Anyways, I will put these links out here to all the stuff that I found, guys, so you can uh, grab a hold of it, see what's up. And uh, I'm anxious to find out what uh, happens. Yep. Put on your tinfoil hats as you read and dive into the conspiracy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, to, to wrap up this episode, now we got through uh, talking about cyberpunk. Super excited about that. Um, kind of to talk about uh, what I personally have been working on 
uh, and investigating. And I wonder if any of you out there listeners have come across the same thing and just um, going through and trying to make a home automation, hard home stuff. Um, you know, the, all the, all the things to go with it. Uh, for one, I personally use Google for my smart home. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Especially the little thing we've got recently is the Google hub. And I can't, uh, I got this and that's basically what we're going to be talking about is this hub now sits on the kitchen counter and I can go in every morning and say, Google, what's the weather like? Google, show me this recipe. And basically has, op- with one device, has obsolete recipes, has obsoleted um, turning on the TV for weather. I can pull up YouTube on it. I can pull up, like, I had a huge cake and I had to send this to detach. Out of a whim, I said, hey, Google, play the most recent All Things Geekery podcast episode. And I hope any of you that are playing that on loudspeaker to have a Google home that Google has just now played this episode for you or the one of our recent episodes. But it did that. It went right to it and pulled up the podcast and started playing it on the Google Max. And I assume any Google hub out there would do it as well. Um, just just amazing what the home automation can do. And I'd be curious to any of you out there of what your progress has been with you know, going full smart home, partial smart home. Do you just have one hub? Do you, you go with Siri or, or, uh, I think it's, yeah. What is Apple's? No, excuse me. Amazon's, which is echo. Yeah. Uh, the Amazon any uh, the, echo, any the Alexa, Alexa. There it is. That's Siri. Uh, yeah, Alexa, but that does partner with Siri. Um, uh, do you choose echo? How, you know, cause I'm, I'm looking at things like I, I watched a guy on YouTube with his smart home show off and he had everything from every single light in the house was a smart bulb to, um, the, all the fans, you know, tied together where he walked in and, you know, he had it tied to Google. So he said, Hey Google, turn on the kitchen. And it was just, everything would come on in the kitchen. Um, you can have things programmed where at certain times and my phone was just like, Hey, I'm going to do something for you. Cause it's also Google powered. Um, he had everything. He had shades on his windows, uh, the garage door cameras, which actually is probably the coolest aspect with this hub is that at any time I can call up any of the cameras, um, that I have, you know, watching either the front or the back of the house. And I say, Hey Google, show me the front of the house. And it just, or I can say, Hey Google cast it to where I'm sitting right now. I have my gaming uh, my uh, gaming TV up above me here. I can say cast it that because it's got a built-in Chromecast. It's super cool because it will cast it right there. If you have a doorbell, you can, in the other room, you can say, hey, show me the doorbell on whatever display. And it shows you the doorbell that just rang because you can see who it is. The amount of automation that we're getting nowadays is just astonishing. So I was curious to touch, have you got into any of it? The only smart devices we've got in the house right now are, is our Nest system. Um, outside of that, we don't have any type of hub. We don't have uh, Google Hub. We don't have uh, Alexa or anything like that. Um, but we do want to set some stuff up like that. 
Um, of course, you know, we're big tech heads over here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the things that I've been wanting to get is actually the Philips Hue lighting system. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Google hub or, or some type of smart hub that we can talk with and, you know, change lighting scenes and different things. But I will have to say the, uh, nest systems that we've got for controlling our AC and heat, um, is really nice. I mean, it's, it's app controlled, so you can basically set up any type of, uh, series that you want, say you want smart learning on, so you can set that up through your phone. Uh, open up the app and you can change all the different settings for throughout the temperatures throughout the day. Let's say in the morning it's really chilly. So it's 40 outside and it gets kind of cold in the house. Then you can tell the system, Hey, I want you to learn um, throughout the day. How many times do we touch this nest system? You know, do we change the heating? Do we change the cooling five or six different times? And it will kind of learn your, your habits and keep the home about where it's supposed to. Which is really nice. Yeah. So just those little things like having the, the smart thermostat or the biggest one for us has honestly been the doorbell camera. The we could be we could be away from the house. You know, this, you know the door is locked and everything and, and a delivery rings the doorbell because the package was there and it alerts us. It pops up on the phone. Sometimes our phones are not on mute. So it goes ding dong across the office. <laughs> Everybody across the room is like, you, you going to get that? Yes, I, I will get, get that. Pa- package here. Package here. <laughs> but you can pull it up. It shows live video from your front door. Um, and most times, depending on if you have it tied in with a security system or security people, ADT, Vivint, uh, Bricks, Brinks, uh, any of those you can get a quick replay of whatever was taking place before that um, has been extremely helpful for checking if anybody's at the door. We heard something. We thought we heard a knock. Okay, let's check the doorbell camera. Um, having that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for is um, just ease of being able to view it. Um, yeah, I bet that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, across the board in, in something because you know we we saw these homes in in movies where they were all automated from like you know iron man when i saw iron man for the first time and the home was powered by jarvis of how automated <laughs> yeah. it was and showed off where you know timers were set off and you know windows open somebody responds to you we're basically at that level with the technology you can to do and it doesn't require a billionaire's pocketbook no to be able to fund no some of this technology is yeah some of this technology is very cheap yeah i mean you could buy i mean i mean take for instance but i was gonna say take for instance the the nest systems that we've got i mean they it came with the house when we bought it but the two that we've got i want to say you can buy the same model for a couple hundred dollars yeah you know we're not we're not talking thousands yeah we're talking hundreds yeah or different tiers like uh you can get yourself uh equivalent of either a, a echo dot or a google home the uh, smaller version and they're sub 50 bucks sometimes during holidays you can pick them up for 10 bucks to get the last one i saw was 75 yeah yep some of the bigger ones um and then of course the the more advanced you get the, the higher price goes but it's just unreal 
just in real, we can get that type of yeah. automation. So uh, part of our tech definitely want to talk over that. And just, uh, I'd be curious well, if any of you out there comment or, or if you've gone into the home automation, what, what have you done? What have you paired multiple systems together, which is that piece right there. I know I'm going to have to, but the process to do so, uh, it's daunting to me. Uh, and you're probably like, yeah, man, it's so easy. You just do this, this, I, I don't know that yet. So but, on, on top of these, uh, little nest systems that we've got, uh, me being in the garage door business, uh, one of uh, one of the things that have come out is kind of the smart home stuff that uh, one of our vendors is doing for your garage door opener. They have started installing a it's basically a 360 degree view camera Whoa. on the bottom side of their operator. So you can see the full inside of your garage and they have linked an account to the Wi-Fi connected operator that you can send out to FedEx and UPS so that when a FedEx or UPS driver comes to your house, he basically puts in a code for your operator. It recognizes it and it allows him to open up your garage door to put the packages inside your garage and then he can close your door for you. But the operator is also smart enough to know that if he forgets to hit the button within a few seconds of not receiving the code, it automatically shuts the door for you and then notifies you and kicks that camera on. So as soon as the door comes up, it's already recognizing and like taking pictures of who's inside the garage and it can hear him. So if he's talking and he knows the cameras are, he can be like, Hey, I uh, just wanted to drop off a couple of packages and make sure that the porch pirates didn't steal your stuff. <laughs> so I stuck it in your garage for you. That's really cool. And it's very cool. Yeah. And yeah, it's very something cool. to combat. Cause I know that is a rampant problem with, with packages, especially nowadays with um, oh, everybody yeah, and their yeah, brother having to order everything to the house. Um, I myself, because well, we can't really go out and go to our normal shopping places. We're having everything delivered to our door. Um, so, and we have signs up that say security and, and camera and all that. So that deters a lot of it, but I know in, in larger Metro areas, it is definitely a problem. So having that ability uh, would be huge. And I know there's some people out there that were like, no, we don't want anybody in our garage or in excess. Totally get that. Totally get that. And understand yeah. that. Um, but for those that are, are cool with it, I mean, the, uh, and um, are willing to work with the teams and the companies to, to your items or whatever it needs to be safer and, and quicker. It's really cool. And those things, it's, you know, across the board, it's affordable to get, to get that type of stuff. But yeah. And this is part, like you said, it was affordable, just the, just the cost. And that's one reason that so many people have stayed away from that kind of technology. Uh, we were watching a show a couple of nights ago and this has nothing to do with smart homes. This just has an idea of how far the technology has come across the board. Um, we were watching a group of guys, and this this is nothing to do with computers, but we're talking tech, and these guys are super nerds. So watching them on your, their YouTube channel, they have been over the last six months working on building a life-size replica of the bot loader from the movie aliens that Ripley used to take out the alien queen. Mm -hmm. 
and they've been putting all their stuff together, their hydraulic configurations, their hoses, welding all the metal together. And one of the things that they were using on their test motor to watch the heat that was actually being created from this motor was a thermal imager. Now, when these guys started these thermal imagers back in their college days, you couldn't buy them for less than 10,000 for a single handheld infrared thermal scanner. And nowadays you can pick one up for about 250 bucks yep. and it's not a piece of crap. It a like top level thermal scanner. So just across the board, technology in pretty much every aspect is coming down to that range where just the average household person can afford some of this kind of stuff. Now it's really nice. Yes. And it'll probably get even cheaper as we get more and more mass produced out there. Cause we saw that with the dot, the dot used to be a pretty started out kind of pricey. Um, and now we're seeing it. Yeah. Like, like I mentioned, uh, go for with, with deals and everything. You can pick it up like during the holidays for 10 bucks. Unreal. Just unreal. Which is crazy. Unreal. All in all that. Um, so to wrap up that, uh, last thing we're going to talk about, just an exciting thing. Uh, me personally, I'm sure any of you out there that follow them or keep up with it. Uh, SpaceX has announced their uh, first planned manned mission to the International Space Station uh, May 27th. So they finally got all... Which is honestly pretty cool. Yeah, it's huge. uh, Because it's actually the first uh, manned mission from U.S. soil since the retirement of the space shuttle in 2011. And for really a fraction so of the cost because I'll, of how much we can recover because of how much SpaceX can recover the rocket. Right. I mean, we're talking almost 10 years ago that this thing was retired. Yep. Which is crazy. So they, they were able to checkbox all the safety protocols that NASA has thrown at them and they will be launching two astronauts um, to the International Space Station and what's even another cool aspect is uh, they will be wearing the SpaceX spacesuits uh, on the right. That up, is really cool. Which is those very sleek white and black ones that you've seen and almost kind of joke is like, how could anybody actually use that? Well, as a transport suit, apparently it checks everything off the list and it's actually going to be the one they wear in, in the capsule to get up there. Now, of course, it's not going to be the one they wear for, you know, repair fixes outside the space station. but it will be used for the ascent up there. So May 27th, Did I they will say be how long the flight was going to take. So that did they say how long the flight was going to take? Uh, in accordance with the, and how long it takes the cargo missions to get there. Um, usually it's like a, a day or less than a day for it to get there. Uh, they're actually sending up with a type of capsule that is completely automated in its docking procedure. Uh, because up until this point, the capsules have required an arm from the International Space Station to come out and grab it and guide it in. So, uh, but that last capsule was sent up, I think, two weeks ago. So, that's really cool. Yeah. It'll be the first manned mission with, hopefully. Um, and I'll be, I'll be watching that with bated breath to, 
make sure that it'll happen, you know, to, to see it all happen. Because um, it really is it, on they, the level of the space shuttle. What you saw with the space shuttle. Well, and I love space shuttle launches. Yeah. Those are those are absolutely freaking fascinating launch. Yeah. Um, outside of just being a big nerd, I have loved space exploration since I was a little boy. Looking through telescopes, mapping stars, all of that is so much fun. So being able to see this kind of stuff just is super exciting. Uh-huh. Are they actually going to air it to where we can watch the, uh, the, the launch? They have been live, live streaming every single SpaceX launch um, for, I think, a couple of years since, since they've started, since they've been able to live stream it and got that all set up. Um, the one I will remember for a long time is watching the very first ascent of the Falcon Heavy rocket. And oh, that was phenomenal. You know, it was I would encourage any of you out there that have not seen it, go watch it. It's on YouTube. Uh, it is their basically where they took three of their rockets that they normally use for um, send up that uh, they strapped them together for it to get farther up to check its payload uh, to see how much they could get up. Uh, of course, they just had a test payload, not, not even a, fr- uh, a fraction of its pure power to await to get up there. But it was actually one of Tesla, uh, Elon Musk, Tesla roadsters that they had strapped in the capsule and, uh, currently is on its way to an orbit far distance of Mars. And I think it would actually intersect the asteroid belt, but, uh, watching that takeoff and the simultaneous landing of the boosters on either side, uh, back at their, uh, landing platforms was just phenomenal. Fortunately, core booster didn't make it back to its drone ship, but, uh, it was, it was an excellent watch and I watched it live and I, I would say that was, uh, I know there's gonna be more, but for me, that was my Apollo moment right there. Watching that. <laughs> yeah. Watching that take off. Yeah, that was good. Not quite as so impactful. It's... Yes. But, and I know there's going to be some huge ones very near in the future. But building oh, on that, that was, that was amazing. So we've got an area where we live just uh, maybe 45 minutes from us. If the, if the time is right and uh, you're, you're kind of a high enough elevation from where we're at, um, we can't see it from the house because we're in the woods. But uh, we've got some areas around here if you get up on uh, some higher levels. Uh, we've got some bridges out here. If they're doing shuttle launches, we can actually see it from where we're at, which is really cool. With the, see the shuttles that are going on right now, the only one that I think launches from Florida it may actually launch from California, but they do have the secretive uh, shuttle X. It's a, it's a drone shuttle that they launch up. Um, last couple launches has either been SpaceX cargo uh, they're testing with the um, with the Dragon capsules, and or of course, there's still the Delta Five rockets sending up transport for however long that lasts, because SpaceX is just far outpacing and redu- greatly reducing the cost of launches to get cargo yeah. up to and beyond the International Space Station. Did uh, Did you ever watch the Red Bull Stratus? That jump. I can't. I think I tuned into that one. I'm, I think I did. I didn't watch it later. Um, 
that, that was, was pretty the cool. Austri- Austrian skydiver. Yeah, I knew I. I can't remember if I watched it live or later, but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. But, yeah, now I want to go watch Interstellar. <laughs> that's that's uh, it's funny going in and listening to um, Star Trek's or, or those that are based on future Earth story, and they are now referencing like. Um, do you discount the geniuses of those like insert name, insert name, Elon Musk and what they right. did? So that's, uh, we're, you know, every time we see one of those launches, it's history in the making as we, as we watch it. So very cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, I have to say this has been a fun episode. Absolutely. I love talking, uh, we're going to have to do another episode on space technology. Yes. We're just going to have to find um, space movies to talk about space books, space games, space technology, and just do a space episode. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. So another one on the list to do. Another to do. Yep, absolutely. But I think uh, it's time to wrap things up for this episode. So guys, we want to say a big thank you so much for stopping in and listening. I have to say with everything going on with the quarantine, we hope all of you are well and enjoying life wherever you guys are. Make sure you guys are staying healthy. So a big thanks from us. Appreciate the support so much. And thank you for hopping in here and hanging out with us. Really appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Uh, every time we hear about those listening or, or, or see uh, all the support for it, um, greatly appreciated. Um, always enjoy that you guys are enjoying the podcast, listening to it. We're just a couple of geeks that like to talk about all things geekery. And so if you guys did enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe to the All Things Geekery podcast with any of your favorite podcasting apps. and. You can drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify as that greatly helps the podcast grow. Yeah. And make sure you swing by and check out our Twitter accounts. Jump over to mine. That is at X detached X. You can find Victus out there as well under at Victus ATG. And make sure you stop by and check out our podcast account. We will always announce when we've got new episodes coming out and uh, just your random banter. You can find us out there at the ATG cast. You can also swing bar our discord account and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'll make sure all those links are in the notes below. And I also want to give props to Victus because he has done an amazing job with his Twitch account and just uh, growing a community out there. I'll let him talk about that, but uh, definitely just want to give him props for growing that. It is not easy hopping on stream and just putting everything together and and building a community. And uh, you guys have been awesome. So on top of props for my co-host here, I give props back to you guys. Thank you so much for being a community. Uh, It really is uh, like a digital family. So really appreciate. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, and if you are looking for 
live video gaming content. I do, as Detach mentioned, have a Twitch channel over at twitch.tv forward slash VictusATG. Uh, current stream times are Monday through Friday, starting at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we will be starting back up come today, if you're listening on our release on Monday, uh, playing through Terraria and also continuing our playthrough of Minecraft. So I look forward to seeing you guys in the stream. Yeah, and if you guys are looking for some sweet nerd-based clothing or some gadgets, swing over to one of our sponsors that is intothem.com and use our code ATG at checkout. That will give you guys 10% off some of that uh, sweet gear. But guys, that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome, and we will see you in the next episode.